We are back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Start Simple podcast. How are you? So, I'm a lone ranger today. It's just little old me talking through some questions and some things that have come up with my clients over the course of the last week. As you know, I do these episodes because I think if the things that my clients are asking, one, it's an opportunity for me to go in things in a little bit more depth for those, uh, for them. But um, equally, I think if it's questions that I'm getting from the people I work with, then there's probably more than just them who can benefit from the answers. So a few things that we're going to cover today, which we'll get stuck into. As always, you know what I'm going to say now, don't you? But please share the podcast, review the podcast, leave a rating for the podcast, send me a message. If you like. I've had loads of messages recently. I'm, I'm not like making this up. Here's a little secret for you from the, from the Instagram world. When people say, I've had so many messages recently, they've not, they're lying. They're off. <laughs> I'm lying. Uh, but I have had quite a few people message me recently in relation to the podcast, one of which being my sister, but still counts. Um, and I love it. Like, I buzz off it. I love it when maybe I've I've covered a topic and somebody asks, a, a, like, a secondary question, something I've talked about. Like, that's the whole point of this. It's it's a bit of a weird concept, a podcast, yeah, because I'm sat talking to into a microphone. But I'm not. I'm talking to you. So it's a conversation. So... If you have questions or stuff off the back of what I say, always get in touch. Anyway, that was a tangent, wasn't it? Fucking hell, one minute in and I'm already trying shit. Um, so a couple of different topics that we're going to cover this week. One being weekends, because, well, we're three weeks into January now and you've all realised that it's not as easy as it feels on the 1st of January. And the reason things aren't as easy is because of weekends. Right, listen, I reckon 90% of us would find anything, not just health and fitness stuff, like whether it's career goals or fucking business goals or whatever, we'd find it a lot easier if it wasn't for the weekend, wouldn't we? That feel we've all had it. We've all had Friday feeling. Then we've all had a Saturday where there's plans. And then we've all had Sunday where you're at your mum's and there's loads of food knocking about or whatever. That's what weekends are about, right? However, a lot of our, our habits and our beliefs and the things that, <clears throat> pardon me, that maybe we're used to at weekends are the things that don't necessarily serve us when it comes to our health and fitness goals. I wish it wasn't the case. Wouldn't it be excellent if it just had zero impact? But it does. Like the weekend takes up a big chunk of your time. If we talk about it from, I did a post last week on Instagram actually about this. If you class it as like Friday afternoon through till Sunday, it's like 36%. Now, not only is it 36%, but equally in that 36%, it's where there's no structure. Your food choices are almost certainly going to be different. Your routine is almost certainly going to be different. Your sleep structure is going to be completely different. And it means that, yeah, it might not be quite the, the majority percentage, but it's definitely the majority of the time in the week where you're going to find things difficult. So that's one of the things that I've, I've discussed with my clients this week, because there are, when it comes to, Again, a lot of the people I work with, it, we, we do tend to work on fat loss. And there are changes that have to happen to your weekend when it comes to losing weight. I wish it wasn't the case, but for 9 out of 10 people, the area that can be addressed... Like, and this is also a good thing, by the way. Seven days in a week, if I'm telling you that only 2.5 of them need work and the others are all right, we're laughing, aren't we? Now, this is assuming we're not going down the route of that you starve yourself all week. Let's say that you, you're pretty bang on it, you're eating a reasonable... No, uh, amount of food you're training well Monday through Thursday but the weekend is where it takes you off track that's who I'm talking to right now now you're lucky because you've got 4.5 days of the week boxed off now there's only 2.5 that you need to fix 
that's a pretty good position to be in. As opposed to like everything being an absolute shambles, you've only got a couple of days to fix. So that's positive. But those days do need work because I think one thing that a lot of people get wrong nowadays around like weekends and particularly calories at weekend, right? Calorie cycling is the concept of eating less Monday, fr- Monday through Friday and eating more Saturday, Sunday. And it works, right? Your calories aren't like a day-to-day thing. It works on average over weeks, months, years. Like you right now, listening to this, whatever you look like, your muscle mass, your body fat percentage, you are the average of all the activity you've ever done in your life and all the food you've ever consumed in your life. You are the average of those two things, the energy versus energy power equation. That's you right now, right? And it, uh, bringing that away from your entire life, if we break that down into a week, then yes, Monday through Friday, you can have a little bit less and allow for a little bit more on Saturdays and Sundays. But what people tend to get wrong here and do here They think that just because they've had a little bit less Monday to Friday, they can have a fucking blowout Saturday and Sunday. And it just does not work like that. Like calorie cycling works fantastically if you stick to the number that you've set for Saturdays and Sundays as well. It doesn't just mean, oh, well, I ate less Monday to Friday, so this doesn't matter now. No, it still matters. It still counts. So I think first and foremost at weekends, being aware of that, being aware that, yes, you know, if if you manage calories effectively across the week, you can have a bit more on a Saturday. That bit more might look like, I don't know, a meal out or whatever, and you're more relaxed about your food choice. Sound. But it doesn't necessarily mean pints on a Friday, McDonald's breakfast on a Saturday morning, meal out at the pub Saturday afternoon, more beers, Sunday, hey, welcome to me at 20. Sunday, hangover dominoes, and not move all day. That's not what calorie cycling is about. Hello again to my past self um it's good though isn't it but weekends do quite simply have to change now let's not pretend it's easy let's not pretend everybody who's ever turned down a big night out or had to not order the food that they love has always been happy about it let's not pretend that FOMO doesn't exist because it does and it's not easy to change the structure of your weekends but I'm not asking I'm not asking you to be a hermit I'm not asking you to not do anything or not have fun I'm asking you a question what do you value what do you want to achieve? Because the answer to those questions should be the things that guide your decisions at the weekend. Not what I tell you to do. What I tell you to do doesn't matter. But that's the difficult bit. Accepting that the answer to those questions doesn't come easy. The answer to getting the thing that you want to achieve doesn't come easy. It needs you to work on your mindset. And I cringe at the thought of saying the word, but it requires a bit of willpower. And if you're one of them people who says, I have no willpower, that's absolute bollocks. You just find it easy to say that. It requires the understanding of delayed gratification. It requires you to do things that you've never actually had to do before because the things that you currently do have got you into the position that you're in now. So if that position is going to change, then the things that you do need to change. And that's why I say I'm not telling you what to do. My job as a coach isn't to tell people anything. It's to answer people's questions. It's to guide people's choices. But you still have to be the person that makes those choices. That was a bit ranty, wasn't it? And also, I don't know if you can hear, but somebody's just started like a lawnmower behind me, which is just excellent, but hopefully the microphone doesn't pick that up. Um, so it does require hard work to, to change your weekend habits. One thing I get people to do, so lots of people make, say, uh, create like a meal plan and structure and work out things from Monday to Friday. And you don't do it for the weekends, but they're the days that you struggle with most. So if you're somebody who finds weekends difficult to manage, Create that added structure, create a plan, create, you know, one thing I used to do when I was trying to get out of like 
basically getting hammered every weekend, was book gym classes for Saturdays and Sunday mornings because I know that then it would impact my decisions on Friday and Saturday nights. But things do have to change at weekends. And nobody likes admitting that. It's shit. How many PTs are you going to see on Instagram openly telling you that what you do at weekends doesn't serve your current goals? None of them will say it. None of them will say it because it isn't sexy. It's not cool, is it? Like, you're not listening to this thinking, fucking hell, I really want to work with this guy, are you? You're thinking, fuck's sake, really? I've got to change what I'm doing at weekends. But I'm not going to lie to you because lying don't work, does it? <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Now, I want to talk... I want to talk about calorie deficits because... I, right, I was actually going through... I got asked a question about calorie deficits this week and more about how to stick to it, and it was one of my clients. And... I looked through my podcast episodes and realised I've never actually, it's very fitness of me, I've never actually talked about what a deficit is on the podcast. I've talked I've talked about it on Instagram, but I've not necessarily talked about it before on, um, on the podcast. And it's a pretty good topic to cover. So that's what we're going to do. So calorie deficit, right? I, I sort of touched on it there when I talked about calorie cycling. A calorie deficit is how fat loss takes place. It's about energy balance. Your body fat is stored energy, okay? You have energy stored in your body, which your body is designed to do, by the way. Your body is designed to store energy. It's it's like a survival mechanism. Now, if you don't want that body fat, if you want to take that body fat off, then we need to tell your body to burn that energy. And the way that we do that is we give it less energy. We give it less food. So if you eat less energy than your body needs your body has to find that extra energy from somewhere and it's going to use its stored energy it's going to use your body fat and that's what the concept of a calorie deficit is it's eating less energy than your body requires so your body burns off the stored energy gaining weight is the opposite so when we gain weight we have a maintenance calorie so that's how many calories keep you exactly the same gaining weight is eating more energy than that maintenance And because you've eaten more energy than your body needs, your body stores onto it. And it says, all right, well, I'll save this for another day. Okay, that's all it is. Now, for some people, there are are a few caveats to the energy balance rule. That's a really simple way of talking about it. But there are hundreds of things that impact it. There are things that impact the both sides of the equation. So there are, you'll hear smart asses talk about, well, what about the fact that you don't necessarily digest all your calories? Fuck off, mate. Um, so that's true. Sweet corn's a really good example of that. Sweet corn comes out your shit, doesn't it? Comes out yellow. You don't necessarily digest all the calories from that. That We could tangent here, but it's something called net fibre. Um, and they're right. You don't necessarily digest every calorie you consume. You don't. Um, so that's one example of how the energy balance equation can be impacted. But it still comes down to energy balance. Like in, I'm going to get the math wrong here, but in, if you eat uh, fiber, there is, I'm going to butcher the maths here, but one calorie, one gram of carbohydrates is four calories. Now let's assume that because fiber is part of a carbohydrate. Okay. We're really going on a tangent here, but fiber comes within carbohydrates. Okay. So if you have one gram of carbohydrates, it's four calories. Now let's assume that within that gram of carbohydrates, there is fiber. Fiber is two calories but you do not digest that fiber. So the net calories is not actually four, it's two. 
because you didn't digest the fiber, you didn't digest, for example, again, the sweet corn. So there are things that are going to impact the energy balance rule, is my point. And there's going to be things that impact um, the energy in, which is food and drink. And then there's things that impact the energy out. So when you go on a diet, one of the things that will happen is you will automatically move less. This is why watches that have like step counts can be really useful because your body, again, the, the stored body fat is a, the stored body fat is a survival response. Okay. So your body wants to keep hold of it. So when you go into this deficit, your body is going to subconsciously reduce inactivity. Now that could be a big thing like you'll um, decide not to go for a walk or it could be something little like maybe you're somebody, you know, like people who fidget and tap their feet. If they went on a diet, they would fidget and tap their feet less because there's that body trying to store a little bit of extra energy. It's really subtle little change like this. There was a study done, um, the Minnesota starvation study, where basically they starve people. And obviously those people were in quite a severe deficit and they were doing subconscious things such as when they were going for a walk on the street do you know how the curbs on a street drop low in certain aspects so if it's somebody's drive at the beginning of the curb it drops low they would avoid walking on the lower part of the curb and they would walk on the higher part of the curb to avoid the energy expenditure it takes to change levels like we're talking really small different small subtle changes um but again, things can impact both sides of the energy balance equation. But energy balance still applies. Calories in versus calories out. Other things, individually, things can impact it. So things such as, oh, maybe I'll do a podcast on PCOS. I think I'm going to, actually. I've just decided. But PCOS, PCOS can impact um, your metabolism. Um, thyroid issues, things like that. But important to say one that's not for most people and two if it is going to impact you then you'll have had that conversation with a doctor but the vast majority of people it's not but anyway that's what a calorie deficit is it's your energy in versus energy out it's just that those things can as you might have just realized in the last few minutes be quite a complex um be quite a complex equation now how to make sure we stick to a deficit so this is something most people do wrong to be honest I see it all the time. I made the mistake myself before I got into this, um, before I became a PT and a coach and the fitness industry. Made the mistake myself. People go too low with calories. You put yourself on really low numbers because you're chasing some fast fat loss. And if you don't lose weight in a week, then you get disappointed and downhearted and you don't think it's worth it. So you put yourself on ridiculously low 900, 1000, 1200 calorie diets. And it's all well and good for four or five days but god forbid you might even manage eight nine days but you cannot stick to those low calorie numbers not to mention the actual health risk that those numbers will give to you um it's not uncommon females to lose the menstrual cycle when they when they diet on very very low calories you might have remembered that i did a photo shoot uh ooh, two years ago now um and i was dieting on extremely low calories and that impacted my hormones and well um, my mum's gonna listen to this podcast so i'm not gonna give you all the details but you know from a male point of view females lose the menstrual cycle lads you can't get it up <laughs> god i hope my family don't listen to this um but it's true these things do impact it so when you are going into a deficit you don't please please don't put yourself on stupidly horrendously low calories because you don't need to so when it comes to sticking to a deficit. Here's how we do it. First and foremost, now for some people, 
I'm going to speak to the people who I work with now. Because for some people, things like intermittent fasting or low carbohydrates, it can, it can work. It can be something that they can maintain and they can stick to. So intermittent fasting is skipping breakfast. Low carbs is obviously eating low carbs. And those things do work. Again, they, they only work within the rule of energy balance, but they do work. Um, me personally, I like fasting. I can easily push my breakfast back till 11, 12 o'clock. It doesn't bother me. However, for lots of the people I work with who've been dieting for very, very long periods of time, these sort of habits around fasting or low carbs aren't serving them anymore because it's this ingrained restriction. So one of the things that I try and get a lot of the people I work with to do, and again, not everybody, because some people can manage different sort of approaches, but when it comes to actually sticking to the calories, one of the first things I get them to do is meal structure. Meal structure. That's simply just having three meals a day and trying to split the majority of their calories with those meals. So let's say you have 2,000 calories a day. My advice would be have at least three meals of 500 calories a meal. One of the reasons behind that is that when people go for like fasting or low carb approaches, they're eating very, very little through the day and they get so fucking hungry that one of the reasons that people don't stick to that approach is because it gets to the evening and then they eat the body weight in food because they're so hungry. But if we can create a bit of structure to your day where you're having a breakfast of 500 calories, plenty of protein, lunch of the same and a dinner of the same, you're going to feel so much less hungry. And also psychologically, you're not going to spend the day thinking about food. Like if any of you have ever fasted for a lot of the day, you realize that from like one o'clock onwards, you just start thinking about food all day. That's not a healthy relationship to be having with food where you're constantly thinking what's next, what's next, what's next. So one of the things that I get people to do to particularly for those of you who've struggled with dieting for a longer time, is start eating regular meals at the same um, at the same times. It makes a real big difference. Another area of it is protein. If your protein is low, you're going to be fucking hungry. There's no other way of dressing that up. And yes, it probably does require changes to your diet. It requires maybe mm, yogurt that you wouldn't have eaten before, maybe a little bit more meat. For your vegans among you, you might need to be on protein shakes. Most people who I support who are vegans do eat um do have protein shakes, tofu, um, beans, peas. This isn't about vegan protein sources, but anyway. Um, but making sure that you're eating adequate protein alongside that meal structure. And then these, I mean, these things that I'm talking about, hopefully you realize they're pretty basic. They're not like game changers, but they're going to help you stick to it. The other thing, be hydrated. Make sure you're drinking plenty of water. Like, so this week I was sick on Thursday and that meant I was dehydrated and I didn't eat all day. And I felt shit. I felt awful. And there is people walking around feeling like that, not eating enough through the day and dehydrated. There's people walking around feeling like that five days a week. Well, there's no way that you're going to be able to stick to a deficit because you're not feeling good. Stay hydrated. Make sure you're eating regularly. Make sure you eat enough protein. These simple things, as well as going back to the weekend stuff, keeping those habits up over the weekend. It's going to mean that you actually stick to the deficit you create. If you've got no structure, if you're guessing, if your meals aren't, I'm not talking about a meal plan, but if every meal you're having to be like, what shall I have next? What shall I have next? Well, you're going to find it a lot harder than somebody who has organization and structure to the week. Keeping some meals the same. Everyone thinks they've got to be fucking Gordon Ramsay now. You don't. Actually, when it comes to fat loss, it can make your life a lot easier to have maybe a breakfast that is the same every day or a lunch. I used to do this all the time. Um, my work lunch, you're at work, aren't you? I don't really want a big posh meal. Um, keeping lunch exactly the same every single day. I've just said lunch when I normally say dinner. Who am I? Um, 
But having routine and structure, I suppose, is, is, is the message there. That was off the back, as I say, of a question of what's the easiest way for me to stick to this. I feel like that's answered it. Hydration, meal structure, protein, keeping some familiar meals in place. Um, is there anything else that I would cover with that one? Let me think. No, I think we're good. Okay, and then finally, because this is this is one that I've talked about on Instagram quite a bit this week. Getting confident in the gym. How do we get confident in the gym? You have to go. That's simple, isn't it? But you do. You you've got to go. Now, you might hear me say that and think, "All right, mate." That's a bit blasé, like, got anything more constructive to say? Yeah, I've got loads more constructive to say, and I can give you a lot more advice, but it's going to be useless if you're not in the gym. You're not going to build the confidence from the gym from reading my Instagram post about it, and you're not going to build it from listening to this podcast. You're not going to build the confidence from the gym from your friend telling you their workout plan. You're not going to build confidence in the gym because you watch an influencer do a workout on Instagram. You're going to build confidence in the gym being indoors, Pink indoors. It could be an outdoor gym. You're going to build confidence in the gym by being in the gym. You're going to build confidence in the gym by feeling awkward on your first day. You're going to build confidence in the gym by going back on a second day and getting an exercise wrong. You're going to build it on the second week where you see a familiar face and they just smile at you. You're going to feel confident on the third week where you've done your third workout of that week and you feel like you've nailed the leg press that you've not done before. You're going to feel confident six weeks into that when you've been three times a week every single time and you've seen the same personal trainer and they said, oh, that got stronger than last week. You're going to feel confident. You see what I'm doing here? You're going to feel confident three months into that training plan when on the second session of that week you feel tired, but you just think, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. Those things only happen when you turn up and you go to the gym. And I get it. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. But you're not going to get anywhere if you're not doing it, if you're not going, if you're not turning up. So a few things that I would do now to help with that, because I'm, I'm not stupid enough to think that it's as simple as just say, just go to the gym, enjoy. Um, a few things that I would do to help with that. Easy one is get a friend. If there's somebody you know who trains or wants to train, organise to go with them, it can keep you a little bit accountable. Get somebody who will go with you. Um, and times as well. Again, this is going to be individual because of, you know, your working day or kids or whatever. But there are certain times in the day where gyms are going to be quieter. Mornings, usually before work, they aren't. People do train then, but it's never any gym I've ever been in. They're not completely rammed. Naturally, if you um, can go mid-morning, early afternoon, the gym will always be empty. If you earn a Monday, five o'clock, it's going to be very busy. It is. Um, later on in the evening, sort of like eight, half seven, eight o'clock is when things will quieten down again. So maybe being a little bit tactical if you are nervous. Again, I don't think you should have to do this. Um, this isn't me saying if you're not confident, don't go at the busier times. But it might be something that you have to think about if it is something that you're really struggling with. The other thing that I would do, most people, when you say you're not confident in the gym, what you're talking about is the weights and the resistance machines and all that. So one thing I would do, this depends on the layout of your gym, but the gym I used to work on, you could, there was exercise bikes and there was treadmills and there was like the step machines and they were all in a place where you could see the free weights area. So what you could potentially do, and this is something I've had clients do before, is they've obviously got a gym program that I've written for them. So what I've got them to do is go into the gym and choose something they're comfortable on. It might just be a treadmill and they go walking on it. 
And then what I've got them to do is pull up the gym program and have a look for it. So then they're like, okay, first I've got the seated chest press. And then I'll get them to look around while they're on the treadmill and they can see where it is. And then it's like, all right, after that, I've got to get some dumbbells. Where are the dumbbells? And then they can see where that is. And then it's a, I don't know, this is a random workout, isn't it? Then it's a leg press. Right, where's that? Then it's squats. All right, there's an empty space over there that I could take a dumbbell and do some squats. And it gives them the chance to, to be somewhere where they feel comfortable on a treadmill, but be able to just sort of eye up the rest of the gym um, so that they can have a pattern. Because I think that's one of the things, if you're going into the gym not knowing what to do, then that's going to increase the anxiety and the lack of confidence because you don't know what you're doing there in the first place. But if you've got a bit of a structure and a plan, then like I say, you can just eye things up and you can work out where to go. If you haven't got a structure and a plan, do you know what? This isn't even a pitch for me. Go and ask a personal trainer in the gym. I, personal trainers get a bad, bad rep and sometimes rightly so because there are some absolute fucking helmets knocking about. But I know a lot of personal trainers and I know a lot of good personal trainers. Go and ask one for help. Like, I hate being that guy who's like, well, you spend this much money on takeaways, so if you just didn't buy a takeaway, you could give it to me. You ever seen people do that? I'm like, doesn't matter. However, you could, I don't know what a PT is, £42 it used to be. Anyway, call it 40 quid for one session, right? Just get one. I mean, to be honest, most PTs will do one for free anyway. Just get a couple of sessions with a PT. Again, get a coach. Hi. Um, who's going to write your program and support you through it. But if you're really not confident with it, get some, like, and again, get a friend. Get a friend who knows how to train. I've done it with friends before, and they've said, we well, come to the gym and do a workout with me. I'm like, yeah, of course I will. It's another way of getting confidence, and it's another way of building confidence. But I go back to my original point, and I wish there was another answer. I wish I could wave a magic wand at all of you and you're like, woo, I'm ready to train. I feel amazing. I am Hercules. But that's not going to happen. You're only going to get it from training in the gym. I have it. I have it at the moment. Okay. I have it with jujitsu at the moment. So yes, it's different to your approach to a gym because you're talking about weights and stuff. But I still have it massively with jujitsu. So I started in March, April, April last year. Okay. So like eight months give or take a couple of months that I've been off for injuries and bits like that. So I'm still very, very new to jiu-jitsu. And although I'm definitely confident enough to go, because I go all the time now, I'm absolutely not confident in the things that I'm doing in there. Fucking no <laughs> Anyone who's done jiu-jitsu who listens to this will know my feeling. No way. No way confident. It's this flash all the time. I'm like, people are probably looking at me thinking, what the hell am I doing? But the only way I'm ever going to get better and improve is just by turning up and going. And it's the same for you when you train in the gym. Wow. Nearly 30 minutes there. I feel like there's a lot of tangents there and a lot of topics that I sort of touched on, but did, like, sort of scratched the surface on, but I've not really gone into. So I, if there's any of the topics there, I think PCOS is one that would definitely be interesting to do a full episode on. So if that's something that you would find useful, do let me know, but I'm probably going to do it anyway. But if there's other topics that I've sort of touched on there, we talked about fiber and energy balance and a few bits in the gym. Anyway, that was a bit of an overview episode. If you have any questions off the back of it, please get in touch, send me a message, share it, like it, rave about it to all your friends, and I will see you next week.